second edition of our Players Only Podcast with those that are members of the New York Red Bulls. We call it Kicking It. I am Matt Harmon, your host. We uh, listen to ourselves here on the New York Red Bulls Radio Network. Variety of ways, our tune-in radio app on the New York Red Bulls app, newyorkredbulls.com. Happy to be uh, starting this, we'll call it the veteran edition of this Players Only Podcast. We'll uh, have two segments for you here in this one. Tim Parker up first, and we'll follow that up with Mark Shotkowski. Um, Tim, good to see you again. Off-season, uh, a good one for you in, in one big way. That was signing a, a nice brand-new contract, which I know you're pretty excited about. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it was kind of a long process. It's not the easiest thing to kind of manage as a player when your contract's running out and you got to manage both playing and the – uh, kind of up in the air of what you're gonna, what your situation's gonna be, but um, I'm really happy that it's done. You know, you think of it the way that your uh, career has gone. East Coast guy, you go to Vancouver. Now you've become an East Coast guy again. And I remember last year having you just kind of show up in the Champions League and be like, oh, we got Tim Parker, and yeah, he's going to play right away. Um, and you think of that's kind of how the season's going to start again for New York in the Champions League. But that experience for you, and, and you're a professional, so it's part of, the, part of the deal. You might get traded, you might not, you might be in a different spot from year to year. But that situation w- was in and of itself pretty unique because you were literally traded and then you're not only joining your team, you're joining your team in a huge situation in a pretty hostile environment in Mexico. Yeah, you know, I mean, first things first, I think it was good for me to get out of New York at first. Um, you know, spending my whole life on Long Island, like high school, childhood, and then going to, going to school at St. John's, which is right in Queens. I mean, it was good for me to leave. Uh, I think Vancouver kind of helped me to grow up a little bit. And then obviously getting the opportunity to come back and play in your home state for your family and friends is uh, something that's, I mean, kind of unspoken of for me, at least. Um, it holds a lot of value to me. So, like you said, the opportunity to kind of resign was awesome. And then, um, yeah, it was kind of a weird start. You know, I think uh, the trade happened quite quickly, and I kind of found out on a Friday. And I think on Sunday, I was flying down to Tijuana to meet the guys for the game the following week. You know, you talk about being now back in your home area. And in our first episode, we talked with Luis Robles, who referenced having preseason in Arizona. And he said, good in a way because it's nice to be home and you can be around people, but difficult even over those course of a couple of weeks because then all of a sudden you have to manage a lot of things. People want to see you. People want to talk to you. Can you get me tickets? Um, so I don't know if that's a drawback for you, but being back home, it probably in a way it does create some more demands that if you're in Vancouver, don't even exist. Yeah, yeah, you know, I think it's kind of, it's a good, like, it's a good little balance of me being able to kind of tell people, like, look, I'm home all the time now, so I don't really have to see you, versus, like, when I was in Vancouver and came back to New York for the off-season or for the, when we got to play the Red Bulls in New York City, it was like I had to see people that I knew when I came back to New York. So now that I'm in New York, it's like, I can pick my times to when I want to see my friends or my family or if I can't make something then it's like it's not a big deal because I'm home all year round yeah so just I'll get to you rather than when I'm home um, we got to make sure that we see each other last year a good one obviously for this team when you think of the the regular season that you had a supporter shield um, the third in franchise history and a defense that really kind of anchored everything of which obviously you were a huge part of when you came to New York, could you have thought that the connection between 
I'll say the back four, even though I know it's a lot more than that, but the connection that you guys had as a, as a unit in the back, would it have been as good as it actually turned out to be? To be honest, no. I, I didn't really have like an idea of what we were capable of um, until I kind of first started to play with Kamar, Aaron, and Amir. Um, I didn't really have a, a solid idea of what we were capable of and what kind of all those guys' traits were. You know, playing in the Western Conference, I didn't get to see New York play a lot. And to be fair, I wasn't really watching the New York games. They weren't like something that I was like, oh, I'm going to watch Red Bull because I'm from New York. You know, it's more like I'm, I'm in Vancouver now. I have to watch teams that are playing mm -hmm. that I'm going to be playing more often. But, you know, I mean, it's, it was awesome, you know, to, for, for things to click and for all, of, for all of us to be on the same mindset about giving up goals and limiting opportunities and expecting better of each other. Uh, it's something that we took a lot of pride in, and we're going to follow that up with this year. I mean, you're talking about giving up uh, literally a goal a game, if not even a little bit under that. Um, and, I, and I saw you quoted before as the team was going from New Jersey down to Florida, before Arizona, um, you saying that you thought this unit could be even better than it was last year. You know, that it's a hard thing to match when you think of it from a statistical standpoint. But I guess the idea there is the longer that you play with one another, you do know exactly what everybody else is going to do. Yeah, you know, I'm not, I'm not thinking about like statistics or something along those lines. But I mean, when people ask us like, "Oh, can you can you be as good as you were last year?" and like we sat in video multiple times as a back four, as a defensive group, or even as a team, and we were like, "This goal that we just gave up, everyone just kind of turned off." And like we can't, like from a back four perspective, we're trying to hold each other to higher standards to where. We can never be those guys that turn off. We have to be able to like put out the fires when other guys turn off. And then just holding the guys in front of us to those standards as well. You know, you, you have that relationship with not only um, the four guys in the back, but specifically the partnership that you've been able to form with, with Aaron. I mean, um, you think on all different levels of soccer, and I know for this organization and the fan base, they've, they've said, wow, we've got two younger center backs that could be here for a long time. And it's almost as if, you know, one person's strength is another one's maybe minor weakness and one person's weakness is a strength for the other one. But um, it, it's not only the way that you guys interact with each other on the field. I know that you're, you're tight off the field as well, which um, – I think is interesting. I mean, I remember when you guys came in in those crazy outfits that you had walking in, walking into the arena that one day. Um, not only did you both have outfits on, but you came in together. So uh, over the time, you do develop those friendships with with guys that you play with. Yeah, exactly. And um, me and I have a unique relationship. You know, I mean, it's something that people question whether we get like whether it's like a rivalry, but it's really not, you know, I mean, from the beginning I got to Red Bull, um, when I first got called up to the national team, got my first cap, people were asking me questions about Aaron. And I said, look, I want Aaron to be there as well. It's not something that we hold against each other. If anything, we want to like keep pushing each other because if he's getting better, then I'm going to want to get better because he's getting better. So it's one of those things where we really do both want the best for one another. And we know that if we're pushing each other, then we're going to get better as a team. You, you mentioned uh, being called up, and you and Aaron have, have kind of traded off 
from time to time getting called into the U.S. men's national team. Um, obviously, with, with a brand new coach in Greg Berhalter, someone who really knows the ins and outs of, of MLS players, um, even though in this particular January camp you weren't called in, I, I know for you it, it's still something that you're aspiring to get back in and be right back in the mix in terms of all the competitions that are coming up, the Gold Cup over the summer, another round of qualifying for the World Cup. That's something that Tim Parker wants to be involved with. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think the best way to continue to give your, put yourself in a good position is to have good form with your club team. And whether that's me and Adam playing well together, whatever it is, I mean, it's, it's something I definitely aspire for. You know, I mean, I want to be in a competition with the U.S. men's national team. So on this new podcast idea that we have, and we're just talking to, to players only, we have thrown around uh, the idea of maybe giving players their own segment without me even involved with it at all. I will say your name has been maybe touched on as someone who could carry a segment. Um, what, what do you feel about that? I mean, I, I listen to some podcasts, so I think I'm very capable. Mine might be a little bit comical, maybe. I try to spin it a little bit, but... Me and Aaron spoke about it in the offseason one time, I think, about us running a podcast. And, but we'd have to get some uh, solid ideas. We'd have to have some papers written out and have some ideas of when we could interview people and what we could ask. All right. So tell me if you were running your own segment and you could pick anybody on the Red Bull roster who you feel like would be the best guy to talk to, who would it be? Alex Mule might be up there. I think I could um, get Alex to say some good things. Uh, Danny Royer, because I know Aaron can get under his skin. Um, same with Sean Davis. I think we, me and Aaron can both team up on Sean. Um, so there's a couple of good guys that we could get on this that, that podcast idea that we might have some fun with. All right, I want to change gears for you a little bit. You are uh, a Red Bull member of the organization, but you were a Red Storm at St. John's. Um, follow you on Twitter, and you do seem to talk a lot of trash when it comes to St. John's basketball. Yeah, you know, I mean, they were good when I was in school, and then Mullen stepped in and obviously had to kind of transform the program. And a lot of these guys on Red Bull talk a lot of trash about the schools that they went to, but never graduated from. <laughs> so they can't really talk trash. If, uh, you, you have to show me proof that you went there and the proof being a diploma. Are you, I mean, are you a legit huge fan of, of St. John's basketball? Yeah, for sure. You know, I think when I was, when I was at St. John's, the soccer team, and the basketball team had a really good relationship. So they were always good. Like St. John's has always been a good program in basketball and we were always a good program in soccer. So there was a mutual respect between like the two, the two teams and, you know, when I was there, some of the, some of the guys were great, like just great guys to hang out with. So um, now looking back on it, uh, being in New York, especially being able to try to go to games and I actually can watch games on TV. It's uh, it's exciting to watch. Tim Parker joining us here on our Players Only podcast, Kicking It. We'll have Mark Shotkovsky coming up after the break. Um, so let's talk about the season coming up. Um, I know, you know, I, I'm not sure anybody looks forward to preseason camp because of what you have to do to get yourself ready for the upcoming year. But the upcoming year for New York, just like last year, starting early with Champions League. This time you'll be here for the, for the whole edition of it. Um, but it was a New York Red Bull team that I think if you, if you said 2018 Champions League, it was this close to being in the final, playing against Toronto. Um, 
is that something that you guys even talk about or is this year a completely different set of circumstances and scenarios? Yeah, you know, I think it's, I think it's very different. You know, I think obviously the opponent we're gonna face first is gonna be a different team than what we played last year. I missed the first round last year, but it's something that we haven't really talked about, you know, and I think we don't really have to. I think it's the process of starting off the season and trying to build momentum right away. So I think that's what we did so well last year is doing well in Champions League then translated to doing well in the MLS play right away. So it's kind of about that building that confidence through the team and like getting everyone kind of almost like adrenaline, like getting everyone going. Does it help um, get through preseason knowing that you, you have a chance to play a couple of weeks before everybody else? I mean, they're still in preseason while you guys will be in the Dominican Republic in, in mid-February. It helps mentally. I mean, at least we know we're not going to be doing doggies or anything like that. But no, I mean, it, I think it definitely helps, you know, getting getting real games in, like preseason games are always, they're always fun to kind of be a part of, but getting real games in before everyone else does is always an advantage. So you're a couple of years now into your major league soccer career. And uh, I guess as, as guys get older, their roles kind of change a little bit. Um, as you think of preseason now, you've become that almost, and I remember having this conversation with Sean Davis a couple of years ago, you're that middle-aged guy in terms of playing career, not middle-aged in terms of lifespan, but middle-aged in terms of playing career where you still have a lot of years to go. But now you've got guys underneath you and you think about Red Bull from a center back perspective. There's you, there's Aaron. Uh, I know you signed Amro in the offseason. But after that, there's a lot of young guys who are trying to figure out their way and their path. Well, what can a Tim Parker do to help young guys in their first maybe preseason camp? Just kind of encourage them. You know, you don't want to try to change the way they play. You don't want to change, like, their style or their – their form because Red Bull picked these guys for a reason. So they see that they can fit into the Red Bull kind of philosophy. It's just kind of give them confidence to do what they want to do, do be who they are. And then obviously little parts tweak, tweak them so that they understand completely what Red Bull needs. But yeah, you just want to give them confidence and hopefully give them something that they can take forward. Is it true from a, <laughs> is it true from a physical looking standpoint that there's a young guy that has been regarded as Tim Parker Jr. Roy? Uh, I was actually going to say Nealis. Okay, Nealis? Yeah, yeah, I could see that. He's a Long Island guy, so that works. He's a Long Island guy, and you guys played a little bit in, in the first scrimmage against the team from Sweden. Um, when you do play with somebody else, and it's a young guy like that, do, does your mentality change at all? I don't know if it changes, but you just want to, in, in the same way, like I said, you just kind of want to give them confidence early on. So like when they make good plays, when they do things right, you want to put them like you almost want to push them forward. So give them that confidence, and then hopefully they can feel themselves and continue to carry on that confidence. And when they don't make a good play, just brush it off, keep going. Because for these guys, it's it's hard, you know. I mean, to play at a professional level for their first game, whether it's thirty minutes, forty five minutes, whatever it is, it's it's kind of scary. It's scary for them. So you want to give them everything that they can to do. Success. And everybody talks about the the Red Bull system and the Red Bull way, and and so much of it, I always hear the coaches and players talk about. We rely on our center backs to do 
a lot more than other teams do. Um, so it's a it's an interesting style. But I would imagine from a from a player perspective, for yourself who came over from Vancouver and Aaron's story's been talked about, he made his way um, through a couple different spots and played at the USL, and now has solidified himself as one of the best in Major League Soccer, like yourself. That responsibility um, is big, but in a way, isn't it fun knowing that, okay, I'm a Red Bull center back. So much of what we do is dictated through those two positions. It's a lot of fun. And I think that's how I described it when I first got here is um, playing center back here is fun. You know, it, it, it's challenging, but it's there's something about like being left one-on-one and everyone believes that you're going to get the better of the guy that you're playing against. So it gives you that kind of like that chest out feeling where you're going to, you're kind of ready for whatever that they're going to throw at you. And we do it all the time where me and Aaron are left in 1v1 situations and I expect him to win pretty much 100% of his. And I think he expects the same amount. Tim Parker, one more before we let you go. Uh, 2019 season, the expectations for this Red Bull team, high as they were and have been over the course of the last couple of years. Um, What's your thought going into this season, just how good this team can be? You know, I think we have a little bit of a salty taste. It's going to be fun, and I hope that we're going to be as consistent as we were last year because the consistency over the period of time last year was very good. Appreciate you coming by. Enjoy the rest of preseason. We'll obviously talk uh, down the line. Look forward to seeing you on the field. Yeah, thank you. Red Bull defender Tim Parker will take a quick time out here. When we come back, we will continue kicking it, and we will spend some time with Red Bull midfielder Mark Shotkovsky. Well, we just enjoyed some time with Tim Parker on our Players Only podcast called Kicking It, and Mark Shotkovsky is our next guest. When you when you think of your road to get I'll say back to this team because you just signed the new contract. Um, and I always like, you know, on these preseason times that we get to talk with guys, say, hey, how was, how was your offseason? What would you do? Most guys, maybe they take a trip or two. And you didn't just take a trip. You went home. And home is, is Germany. So after spending a whole year in the States for the 2018 season and then you go home, um, is, it, is it nice to be home? For sure. I mean... I saw my mom, my dad, and all of my friends maybe one time this year. They, they came to New York and visit me. So it was, was good and great to be back at my, my family. But also I have to say I was really happy that I'm back here in New York with all my teammates. And yeah, I'm, I'm really hungry for the new season. Do you learn, so you learn about yourself as a soccer player, right? In a whole new country, new culture, new league. Do you also learn about yourself as a person? For sure, definitely. It's not, I mean, I, I went from, from Germany to Austria, so it was also a little bit far away from my, from my hometown. But to other country, especially like America, it's a big country and this city, uh, this area, New York, New Jersey, it's I mean, a, lot of, a million of people and it's far away, it's a different language. And, um, I learned a lot about myself, yeah, for sure. All right, so let's talk about a couple of those things. Um, had you ever been to the States? Yes, I've been for vacation. Okay. In Miami and Los Angeles, Las Vegas, Santa Monica, this kind of trip. How, how, before the 2018 season, 
how was your English as opposed to how it is now? My English right now was not, not the best, but I think I, I learned more. And, but I wish I could, could speak English like I can speak German. I think in German I'm a little bit funnier. Who has the, um, who has the, the more prominent accent between you and Danny? What does it mean, prominent? Prominent. Who, who's, whose accent still stands out more? I think my voice, my sound is much better than Danny's. <laughs> um, you know, the, the, and I see you guys talk to each other a lot. You're both, you know, I'll say from a similar part of the world. Um, did you know him before you, you were coming here? No, I, I did not, but uh, Freddy Goldbergson, he played here also. And we played together in Salzburg. And he came back from New York in the middle of the season in, in the summer. He just got a text message from Danny because he heard about rumors that I, I would join the New York Red Bulls. And there was just a message from Danny that was something like, okay, if Mark is coming to us, let him know, I would take care of him. I would take care of him. And it was maybe just a small text, but for me it was a big, big thing. And um, I was feeling like, okay, this guy is so nice. And yeah, after, after I came here, he was the one who was helping me in, in every kind of way with all of my questions. He was the one, okay, now we're living in the same building in Jersey City. He was saying me with my visa and all, a lot of questions. He answered me everything. What's it like for you to uh, sp spend time where you do right now between Jersey City, Hoboken? Um, I'm sure you've, you've gone a couple of times now to New York City. What's that experience like? It's crazy for me. It's it's also never changed my my mind. It's never boring. It's it looks every day different. Um, first off, I, I just saw it in movies, and then I came here and I saw it in real life, and I, I feel like I'm in a movie. So I I heard you talk and and read after you signed the new contract. One of the big reasons that you wanted to come back and are happy to be back is the relationship that you've developed, not just with a Danny Royer, but with the rest of your teammates as well. For sure, it's, I mean, it says a lot if you love to train and work with them, but even more if you wanna spend after training time with these guys, I think this says a lot about myself and about them that I, I love to spend time with them. So I'm, I'm so proud that I met all of them so it's, it's really, really cool for me. You know, you've, you came to New York at the beginning of the season, and then um, in the middle of the year, there was, there was the coaching change, right? So I would have to imagine that for a, a player, any player, but certainly a player like yourself, okay, I'm going to be part of the New York Red Bulls for 2018. My coach is Jesse Marsh. And then in the middle of the year, he leaves, and Chris Armas takes over. Is that, is that any kind of... Um, a warning for a player like oh no now I, I just proved myself to one coach now I have to prove myself essentially to another one even though Chris was was part of the staff Chris was part of the staff and I think he did a really great job from being an assistant coach now becoming a, a head coach I think it's also not easy for him because before he was like a really really nice guy and helping a lot and now it's a little bit uh, he has different responsibilities mm -hmm. so as a head coach, it's, you have to um, make tough decisions and cannot be friendly to... For sure it was different because 
every coach has a different style of playing, but but like I said, we know him from before, and um, I think I'm not speaking only for myself. Everyone in this team is very happy that he is the head coach. With all the stuff around him, with CJ, with Bradley and uh, Preston, it's just amazing. You know, you think for you, um, and, and and this was kind of what what I had heard before you came over officially. Okay, we're getting Mark Tchaikovsky from Salzburg. He's an extremely versatile midfielder, meaning you can play in a lot of different spots. So you think of the Red Bull system. You've played out wide. You've played as a number 10. You've played as a number six. You've played as a number eight. You've played on the left. You've played on the right. Um, can that be can that be difficult for a player because you can play so many spots instead of just saying like a Tim Parker you're a center back that's it we're not taking you out of that spot you're not going anywhere else but Mark for you you can play essentially five or six different positions on the field. For sure, it's kind of difficult. Sometimes it helps you, but I wish I would, that they see me just only in, in one position so I know okay I have to compete with these guys, but. Um, I think it's overall you have to be ready in every kind of way for your team. If the coach wants you as this as a right midfielder or a left midfielder, you have to play it and you have to be thankful that you have the chance to play for for this team. But yeah, for sure it's difficult when you can play a lot of positions. All right, so I'm gonna make sure that Chris <laughs> and the rest of the coaching staff hear this. If Mark Shotkovsky could pick any spot that he would want to be, what what position would you be in? The number six with a little bit of freedom to make offense play. That's that's where you feel like that's that's my game. That's my game. Okay, um, tell me what it was like for you playing at home in July of last season when you scored a couple of goals against Sporting Kansas City. I think it was just amazing right now when I, when I remember my feelings. And it was the second game, I think, for Chris. The first game we had in New York City. Yep. And we lost this game. And I know that we, are, that we were all sad because we all want to win for, for our new head coach. And I'm happy and proud that these two goals were um, like really helpful that we could win the first game for, for Chris. And so I'm, I'm proud and I'm really, really happy. Now there was the there was the one after goal celebration. There was a little salsa dance that went in there. Where where did you pick that up? Because I can't really see a whole lot of German footballers doing a salsa dance. I don't know how to say it in English, but it was not that I really wanted to dance. But I was sitting on a bench, and I remember that our fans playing some salsa music or some. Latin Spanish music, so I was like, okay, I don't know why I danced. You were just feeling it. I was just feeling it, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, t w w when you, you think about going into this season, 2019, you guys are in the Champions League, uh, so the season kind of accelerates in terms of preseason. You've got to get things ready faster than a lot of other teams do. Um, as you look forward to this 2019 season, even though there are different players in, different players out, where do you feel like this 2019 Red Bull team um, can have more success on the field? Where we can have more success? Yeah. Um, Sean and me, we talked about it, that we want to score more goals. Also, we are playing as number six, but for sure we can score more. And it's not 
all about the job for, for Brad and Danny to score goals. So we have to find ways um, that, that everyone is dangerous in, in front of the, the goal. And I think set pieces are important too. And like I said, I think we have a really, really good team. We broke last season the, the MLS record. We won the supporter shield and it was not an accident. It was, we have a really, really great team and I'm happy that we have a lot of players from last season. All right, so I, I got a couple more that I want to ask you before we let you go. You talked about set pieces, and for whatever the reason, this question popped in my mind. Um, foul gets called. Ball gets put down. There's three guys around the ball. Everybody's talking to one another. Who decides who's actually taking the kick? That's a good question. It's, it's a feeling in the game. We have to listen to the game. Um, and if you see you have a good foot this day, you maybe you you are the first one who picked the first free kick and it was a good free kick then you say to Sean okay give me another one I have the feeling right now and he's like okay let's do it you've mentioned Sean Sean being Sean Davis you've mentioned his name a couple of times um, now being here for a full year and the start of your second year how much more comfortable do you feel with the guys on the field knowing okay, this is what Sean's going to do. This is what I need to do. This is what the player to my right is going to do as opposed to the player to the left. How much more comfortable does Mark Shatkowski feel in year two as opposed to year one? Much more because, like you say, it's, if you know one much better than, than before, it's, it's easier the movement from, for example, Sean Davis. I know exactly now how he moves, uh, how he want to have a ball or when he's acting like he want to give a great pass. So it's a lot of body language and you have to learn it from everyone so also from Bradley White Phillips when he makes this movement into their space everyone has his own body language and only um, his own uh, ways to to run so I feel much more comfortable and I'm, I'm excited all right so so you uh, last year made the move from Europe to the United States players obviously come and go from all different parts of the country. Major League Soccer is still kind of new, um, not even 25 years old. You being from a very football slash soccer specific country like Germany, what do people in Europe say about Major League Soccer? To be honest, they say, some of them, they cannot understand why I'm, I'm, why I moved to America. They say, okay, you can go there when you are 32 or 33 for retirement. But I just say, like I said before, it's, it's my career and my decision. And like I learned last season, it's, it's great. It's growing. We have, also I, I played in Austria and I think the fans here in America in the league is better than in Austria, for sure. And I'm, I'm very happy to be here. We have great fans. Also in other stadiums, they are packed. So it's nice, nice to be here. I really appreciate you coming by uh, and giving us a couple of minutes. I look forward to talking to you the rest of the season. That is, that is Mark Shotkowski. He and Tim Parker are our guests here today, our players only podcast, kicking it. You've been listening to us right here. Our thanks to Gordon Stevenson, our engineer. I'm Matt Harmon. This is the New York Red Bulls Radio Network. 